What's your price to exclusively use the font Comic Sans on all future emails, written documents, etc.? Or to not leave a Dollar Tree for one year? Or to not receive any form of emotional counseling now or in the future? Let's find out. Here to give each hypothetical of the dialectical, get reflective on the subjective, and get you on the track where your brain don't slack. We're your hosts, Aaron Rubin Corny and Lindsay Hicks. Also joining us today is an awesome guest, Allison Raskin. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait to flip these pancakes of life. <laughs> Lindsay, is it fair to say, tell me if I'm misspeaking here, that we are truly touched by an angel, graced and blessed with the presence of the divine? I feel like I'm front row at the Queen's Jubilee. Uh, a real hero of many things we care about. Writer, podcaster, and thank goodness, mental health advocate, Allison Raskin. How's it going, Allison? Hi, that was honestly my favorite introduction I've ever gotten. Um, I don't care if you were blowing smoke up my ass. I enjoyed every <laughs> moment of it. <laughs> we're really excited not just to have you, but you also just came out with a new book called Overthinking About You, Navigating Romantic Relationships When You Have Anxiety, OCD, and or Depression, which I think covers almost all the conversations Lindsay and I have day to day anyway. But we're just so excited to talk about all this with you and just play this game as well. Oh, thank you. I, I love to play a game. So when I got the invite for this, I was like, absolutely. How's it been with the book release and reception? And I saw you did an audiobook too. Honestly, audiobook recordings is probably like the most grueling thing of all the things I do. Um, like, because this was actually my third book, my first um, nonfiction and my first book by myself. I, I co-wrote two YA novels with my comedy partner and we did the audiobooks for that. And so I sort of knew what I was getting into um, recording the audiobook, but it is tough because you can't move at all because they will pick up like any movement. And then I also have an issue of pronouncing things incorrectly. And then, you know, the book deals a lot with mental health. And so I kept getting noted by my director that like, I was sounding way too cheerful, you know, talking about self-harm. <laughs> um, and so like having to having to like rate it in and, and be like really thoughtful about, you know, what section and what area, but still have it feel like me. But it was a, it was a great experience other than recording the chapter about sex where I was just so uncomfortable uh, the entire time. I mean, having the author reading the audiobook is so like... It's just one of my most favorite things. I love that you did that. I'm so excited to listen to it. Oh, thank you. It's so wild because I actually don't really listen to audiobooks. I'm like a huge podcast nerd. Like I listen to podcasts all day long, but for whatever reason, I, I haven't dived deep into the audiobook world, but maybe it's time to. Maybe it's a mental health thing, but I tend to not like to hear my own voice read to me. I don't know why that is, but I just trust someone else telling me how... Uh, how a story should be, then if I'm telling it to myself, I'm just like, shut up, dude. <laughs> I love the idea of when you're when you're just reading, you're reading to yourself because I'm always creating their voice as opposed to my own voice saying it back to me. That is fascinating. Interesting. You don't hear my voice reading to you in your head while you read, Lindsay? Oh, no, I 100% do, which is why I'm such an avid reader. Yeah. Okay, great. That makes that 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 all checks out. <laughs> well, Allison, maybe after we're done playing here, you'll hear every book in your own head read by us if we accomplish our goal today. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm okay without that, but I think that is... <laughs> you say that now. Hold on. 
<laughs> but I love listening to you here when we're talking. <laughs> well, here's something fun to listen to, and it's the first of our three questions. Ooh. Nice segue. Um, thank you. Thank you so much. It felt really natural. What's your price to exclusively use the font Comic Sans on all future emails, written documents, etc.? So I have to admit that, like, I... I wouldn't care at all about doing that. That doesn't feel like a bad thing to me. I understand that there is judgment towards this font, but I don't personally feel it. Um, I don't really tell that much of a difference between fonts. But I feel like saying like $5, I don't know, that feels not the right answer because it feels like an opportunity for me to make money. (laughs) So I guess like what amount of money would matter to me where I would feel excited to have it well, there's something to be said about the fact that I don't know if it's it's universally renowned as one of the like top three vile fonts by almost everyone who has an opinion on fonts. But that's the key. People who have an opinion on fonts and I don't fall into that category. But you never know who the people you're corresponding with. They may have some serious feelings about it. I have like a way where I live my life where if something doesn't bother me, then I don't really care if it bothers other people. Oh, man. God. You just, Allison just held up a mirror and Lindsay and I are looking real ugly. I'm just like, <laughs> wow, boy, do I care what people are going to think about my fonts. And hadn't really thought about it that way. You, uh, your your lack of people pleaseriness is so admirable. I don't think I've ever quite seen anything like it. I'm just like I bow, I bow down to you. You know what, Allison is. Uh oh. When Avatar came out, James Cameron said, "Screw all y'all. I'm using papyrus on this mofo," and he threw papyrus all over that thing. Yeah. You guys know, remember, everyone's made fun of it. And he said, pretty much copy and paste what you just said. It's my font. I love it. It made me happy. Screw all y'all. And it's the best-selling movie of all time. So your logic, the math, the, the, the equation balances out here. <laughs> yeah, like, I try to only care about things like, does this person think that I'm kind? Did I hurt their feelings in any way? But stuff like, oh, you're not going to like, like, what font I use? That, to me, is more like a reflection of you <laughs> me so powerful so powerful because i'm sitting here thinking oh my god i'm gonna send an email to someone and they're going to write me off for good and i'll never get another job again and then i'll be and then i'll be homeless and then i'll die you will die wow that's a real those are some leaps in logic well you know i I couldn't agree more um (laughs) i wouldn't say the logic is sound but that's really where my head went (laughs) <laughs> do you know that's like been a movement for like decades called the Band Comic Sans movement? They are all over the internet. What is it? Band Comic Sans. It started in 1999 by some oh graphic my. designers in Indianapolis. And they have just started a whole movement. I don't know if people listening know Comic Sans, but it's just like really cartoony font. So sorry, I'm going to nerd out for you guys for a second here. But it was created in 1994 by an employee at Microsoft who was really into comic books. So he looked at the cover of the Dark Knight Returns comic book and Watchmen. And that inspired Comic Sans. So then everyone started using Comic Sans. So all the designers hated using it so much. You're on a trivia train and I don't, I want you to just toot toot that baby all the way home. Let me take you down to the train station. We're at the final stop here. I just have two words to tell you where Comic Sans has most popularly been. Beanie Babies. That's right. And apparently the 2004 Canada Day 25 cent collector coin. Well, that's a big deal. But also Beanie Babies, I totally, and talk about. Oh, and The Sims. I, I don't find it offensive to my eye. I don't know. What what numbers are you guys? Are you guys looking at some high numbers? 
I I tend to I veer I veer high generally, but for this one, I gotta say, I so look, I'm gonna use this as a little bit of exposure therapy <laughs> and say that like I don't care what anyone thinks about my font. I I don't because forever not have like I like having choices. So like that part would suck yeah. to be to be stuck to a single font. Right. There are times when you want to use, you know, your papyrus or your trebuchet. So I'm going to say $5,000. That's it? Yeah, I'm going to say $5,000. Yeah, I told you this is exposure therapy. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to work through some stuff. <laughs> All through this talk, I've been thinking maybe I keep hiking up my number because I am thinking like the annoyance of having to do it versus the judgment. Just of like, what if I'm writing in final draft? Like, is I have to like, do they allow that? And like, how do I do it on an email? So maybe just thinking about like the lifelong annoyance, my number has now astronomically risen to $100,000. Oh, wow. <laughs> Are you neurotic about aesthetics at all? I mean, yes and no. I mean, I, I have directed many things in my life, so it feels weird to say that I don't care about aesthetics. Like, I, I also think of myself as a director, so I do care how things look. But it is funny, like, as a writer, I always struggle to, like, de describe the space. Like, in my screenplays, it's always like, they're in a room. Anyway, here's how they're feeling, you know? <laughs> so I, I like things to look nice, but I don't think that I'm someone who has like a really strong aesthetic or prioritizes that. That makes sense. Guys, I just thought of something that might raise my number. Am I allowed to change? No, I already said it. I'm sticking with it. Exposure therapy. Where are you at? What's going on? Imagine writing like a breakup email in Comic Sans oh. or imagine having to write like a eulogy in Comic Sans. That just feels so wrong to me. Like, how do you get through... I mean, maybe it would, you know, add a little bit of like levity to the experience, but that would be really challenging for me. So you should raise your number. So what's going to happen when you when you write your heavy letter to somebody from the front lines? I'd be writing heavy letters up in here. You're going to be on the front lines in World War III in the trenches of North Korea writing <laughs> to your love in Comic Sans. I feel like you'd be handwriting your letters. In the trenches. Yeah. But you'd have to do it in Comic Sans. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'll stick with my number as a fun little challenge to me. But, you know, just something to consider along the way. What are you thinking, dear Aaron? Uh, I, I'm going high. I'm going to say like $750,000. I understand. To me for the inconvenience and the limitations. I want to increase mine because I want more money just in general in my life. Let's do it. Now's your chance. I'll go 500000 <laughs> There you go. Wait, that's a huge jump. I came on here being like five dollars, now about five hundred thousand. <laughs> but it just feels like, why not? If if somebody is offering me this deal, I also think the fact that it's for the rest of my life is playing into it because I have to think about okay, me twenty years from now, will I still be seeing any of the effects of the money unless it's sizable money? Because I might just be really annoyed with my past self. So it has to be an amount of money where it's really can I can make money off of it. I can live off of it for a long time. Like it's something you're going to have to think about right. every day for the rest of your life. Yeah. So I need to be benefiting the whole time. I'm going to change mine to $350,000. <laughs> <laughs> Lack of convictions is what we're all about here. Nice job. I'm just thinking about my lifetime. If I... 
If I was really trying to like be in my old ways, I would probably go more towards a million because of the lifetime thing. But I'm really trying to use some restraint here. So, so 350,000. That's fair. Yeah. All right. Let's look at what the audience has to say. The highest amount that somebody has asked for in our audience is $100 million. <laughs> so they really don't like that font. They have a really hard time with it. But here's, here's what's even more interesting. 8% of our audience said $0. They're just happy to do it. One person said, quote, Comic Sans is apparently one of the clearest fonts for people to read. So accessibility-wise, it makes sense. Okay, well, there you go. I strongly disagree. How do you know that they're wrong? I, I just think it's an awful font. I think it looks bad. It's uneven. It's not cleanly laid out. It is just an OCD nightmare to me. <laughs> okay, but maybe it is easy to read for people. I know. Maybe I should exercise more empathy here. But I don't want to. You know what? I don't want to. All right. That's a strong choice to make with your life. <laughs> it is. It's one I don't stand by. <laughs> to have less empathy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? When it comes to Comic Sans, all of my values about empathy and emotional intelligence and consideration go out the window. Everyone's wrong. You get one thing, and I feel like this is a fine thing for it to be. Yeah. It's a hill to die on. It's interesting, though. Like, a good chunk of the audience was over a million dollars. and. Uh, it's about 50-50 split. It was either like people in the 100,000 range or million plus range. Wow. Shall we chug on? Yeah, let's chug on. Here's another quest, Joe. What is your price to not leave a Dollar Tree for one year? Yikes. And they, like, what is the bathing situation? Is there a shower in a Dollar Tree? Or I'm just working off of like, just like a bathroom and like sponge bathing. Yeah, you're you're living on whatever is available. You're pulling a castaway at Dollar Tree. Uh, fifty million dollars. <laughs> um, and what is your math behind that fifty million? One hundred million dollars. <laughs> I don't know if you guys are familiar. In the '40s, there was a term coined: Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's the five levels of er that every human needs to go through and uh, attain for self-actualization. Right. So we can look at those, right? Some of the things are like self-esteem and sense of security and self-belonging. But it's probably more important to just say, like, can you get protein in a toothbrush rather than just be content and find spiritual center there? That feels correct. They sell food there, right? I mean, also, like, what are the rules? Like, can I have somebody bring me food? I just can't leave. Like, can my dogs come visit me? I just can't leave. Yeah, it's really your home. So you can have people bring you the things that you need there if we want to go that way. Or we can all agree that the rule is you have to sustain entirely off of what Dollar Tree has to offer, which I think is a little more interesting. But, but like, can people visit me matters more to me. Let's say no food deliveries, but people deliveries are okay. Can Bagel and Lucy come? They do sell dog food at the Dollar Tree. Okay. I spent a lot of time on the Dollar Tree website today looking at what they sell. Any surprises? Uh, yeah. So they do have breakfast cereals and ramen. So we've got calories and carbs covered. They have lots of canned vegetables and other nutrient sources. So it won't be delicious, but you've got that nutrition covered. They've got canned meats and soups and things. So you can have that protein if you are willing to break your veganism. I'm not. Okay, fair. But there's enough there that you could live. It won't be great living. They have water, but it seems to be predominantly alkaline water that they sell at Dollar Tree, which is not something you should drink all the time like nonstop nothing else. Apparently, if you do that, your body has to do a lot of work to maintain its pH and it produces really dangerous levels of gastric juices and digestive enzymes, according to Google. Huh. So 
can I talk about my living quarters? Like, am I going to have to just like create some sort of like soft space from like the socks or do I, can I like make a bed in the back like warehouse or like the stocking area? I think if you're pulling a castaway there, you got to work on old socks and... But I don't have to put it back every day, right? Like I can just like really properly build a nest. You can nest. Okay, great. I, I think I could do that. I mean, you know, it won't be Tempur-Pedic or maybe it will be. I don't know. Do they sell mattresses at a Dollar Tree? They do not. But the local Dollar Tree, I checked their hours, is open from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. So you get 14 hours of you time where you can really plunder and build a real nest bed. I'm just really interested in like how I'm going to sleep. And also if I like am inviting someone over for a conjugal visit, I want to know that like I can really show them you know, a comfortable time. I think you can. Although ironically, I did search birth control on Dollar Tree's website. And what I got was Pounce Tartar Control Crunchy Tuna Flavored Cat Treats. Uh Uh-oh. So either they don't have birth control or they are asking you to do something really weird. (laughs) You'll just have to get your IUD before you go in, Erin. So I've, can I explain my $100 million reasoning? Please. So take it, it's basically how much, is it worth to take like a year off of your life, right? Where you're just like not engaging in regular life or society and you're like living in these conditions that you don't want to be living in but are manageable. And so for me, a year of my life is a long time. So the only way I'm willing to give up a year of my regular life is to make it such an astronomical amount of money. I then never have to worry about money for the rest of my life and it will dramatically change my life the moment that I get out. But if I if it isn't that, then it's not worth it to me. Yeah, I would tend to agree with you on that. I think any scenario where you leave your life and are stuck in a place for any amount of time, but for a whole year and not be able to leave, go anywhere, that means not going to like birthday parties, not going to events, weddings, funerals, anything like that for us for a whole year, that would suck. And that's really going to drive my price up. Mm-hmm. As it should. What are you guys thinking about the lifestyle? I mean, they have a lot of arts and crafts things, so you won't get bored. You could become a real... You'd become a real fixture in the Dollar Tree. Like, people would know you. People would probably come make sure they said hi to you while you're sitting in your kind of, like, makeshift living room. So, like, I think maybe the socialization might be really fun unless, like, you don't really feel like socializing and you, you know, then you have to, like, hide in the back and it's it's not as fun back there maybe. But also, do you have television? You Can you have your computer? Because that's important to me. I love to be entertained by a screen. To me, it just seems like an extreme version of the pandemic again. Just bring bring some stuff and work remote and just be there and get productive in different ways and get creative. Yeah, but to not have sunlight for a year, I think would have drastic, drastic effects on your on your mental health and physical health. Yeah, I think so. That's not very good for you. I can't tell you for sure, but I got to imagine some sunlight gets into a Dollar Tree. Yeah, I guess it depends on the Dollar Tree, really. I'm going, I'm changing mine to $500 million. Whoa. I'm Googling Dollar Tree interior right now. And let me see. That looks like a sunny thing. It's not the same as being outside. You can't go to the beach for a year. You can't go on a hike outside for a year. Also, how am I going to walk bagel? I'm up to $1 billion, And here's why. <laughs> You don't know how long you're going to live. 
And you got to really, I, you know, I think for a long time, I was always living for the future, living for the future. But it's important to live for the now. And so to, to give up the living for the now, I'm at a billion, a cool billion, because then it's not just about changing my life. I could change the lives of many people with a billion dollars. It's true. You could do studies on why people shouldn't buy, you know, plastic or something. Careful, Lindsay. Dollar Tree is highly litigious. Choose your words carefully. Your first thought of how to help people is to run research studies? Yeah, yeah. Well, just because when I think of Dollar Tree or (gasps) any store, I think about the amount of plastic and single-use plastics. And then I'm like, we should do something about that. And I feel like if you're exposed to it every single day and you just see people coming in and buying the same plastic thing over and you're like, oh my God, that's going to be around forever. That's just where my mind went to. Okay. I'm going 1.5 billion. Ooh. I'll tell you why. And I've said this before and I'm sure I'll say it again, but I'm in a very tender age where I'm like coming to the end of what may be my hot years. I don't know how that's going to go for me. And to have a whole year of that inside of a Dollar Tree just feels like a terrible waste. (laughs) I'm not saying the reasoning is healthy or sound (laughs) or even right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just something I'm considering in this process. Haven't you seen really hot old people? Oh, all the time. There you go. In fact, I'm generally romantically interested in older people. Lindsay loves an HOP. A what? Hot old person, HOP. <laughs> I really do. Get get with the times. Come on. Oh, so sorry. <laughs> so then why do you, then, then maybe you should realize you'll be hot forever. Maybe I should, Allison. You're totally right. <laughs> okay, I'm taking that off my reasoning and I'm going down to 1.2 billion. Interesting. I love it. Just wiping that from the dry erase board in my mind. (laughs) Aaron? So I've been giving this a lot of thought. And the further I go, the more I think that I think I would be thriving in a Dollar Tree for a year. Hmm. You're going to pay them to live there? Let's not go that far. But I'm thinking I can just milk that cow for a year. I don't know where this metaphor goes. It gets weird. Uh, yeah, I'm just thinking probably something close to like two, two and a half million dollars would be more than enough for me. I'm thinking that that allows me to rebuild after if I don't have any success while there. But while there, I think I'll be very productive. I'll probably create a little fort out of um, <laughs> out of those cat food bags that they clearly have a lot of. And I will become known as the hermit of the Dollar Tree. And I will make lots of friends who come in seeking my wisdom and I will, I'll charge them money. That doesn't sound like a friend. I've been doing friendship all wrong then, but I... <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Does anyone love me? Yeah, I, uh, I think I can find love at the Dollar Tree. That's what it's coming down to. I think I can find love at the Dollar Tree through community through clerks and employees there. I got to imagine some of the corporate heads of Dollar Tree are going to want to come visit and do some really interesting things. I don't know what those things are, but maybe do some PR stuff with me. I want to be loved and popular through being a Dollar Tree hermit. And this is my chance. There are a lot of branding opportunities, I think, that come from being the Dollar Tree person. So that's that's a nice thing. Also, something to consider. That's a fun tidbit. Doesn't change my price. No, but I, I appreciate the support. Yeah. All right. 
Is it time to mosey on? Look at what the people had to say. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The high to live at a Dollar Tree for one year from our audience was $10 trillion. That's just not even a real number to me. It's so high. You might as well say like bazillion quadrillion. I've asked you not to say that on air. We had this talk, what, an hour ago? I'm so sorry. My short-term memory is not good. It's okay. You're embarrassing me in front of Allison. Uh, the low <laughs> was $10,000. That feels too low. Yeah, unless, I mean, I bet, I mean, I know that there are some real Dollar Tree fans out there, people that love the joint. So maybe somebody was really excited about the idea of living in one. My whole thing is just not going outside at all for an entire year. Yeah. It's not even like you, you could do that anywhere. And I think 10,000 is is too low. Yeah. The front of the store is lined with glass windows. You can just sit there right through the window, get a little of your <laughs> vitamin C. It's not the same, but it's for one year and a lot of money. I don't but know. I guess people go to space for like a year. <laughs> but they get paid a lot, right? Actually, I read somewhere recently that astronauts actually don't get paid as much as you think they do. Nothing about that surprises me. It's a government job. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, roughly half our audience was under a million dollars, though. So people what? are pretty okay with this. One person put six. What? Yeah. One person put $600,000 and said, as long as someone gets me computer, monitors, and internet connection in there, I'll be mostly fine. It would be a bit boring. So someone needs to pay to make it up. Just for the boredom. Wow. I wonder if everyone's reactions and prices would have been higher pre-pandemic. Mm. But now we've all sort of experienced being locked inside. So it doesn't feel like as big of a deal as maybe it would have before the pandemic. Hard agree. Absolutely. That said, I'm sticking at a cool billion. Me too. 1.2. <laughs> Because even like how long we stayed inside wasn't really like at some point we were going for walks and we were like we were leaving our front door. So a whole I mean, that's got to do things for your mental health. And especially I feel like during the pandemic, what wasn't as bad as knowing that we were all doing it together, but being stuck in that Dollar Tree and knowing that everyone is out there just living their best lives. Oof, that would just make it even worse. I imagine you'd have a lot of FOMO in the Dollar Tree. Oh, it would just be a FOMO parade. <laughs> See, I spent the whole pandemic waiting to get out and go to a Dollar Tree. So we are all living separate stories here. <laughs> We've conquered another big life question. Linz, you want to drive us home? I do. I do, actually. Okay. Oh, this one's rough. What's your price to not receive any form of emotional counseling now or in the future? So ever again. I don't know if I'm going to get kicked off the show for this, but I would never agree to this for any amount of money. I mean, it's the most dangerous thing. That's like, I mean, it's the exact same thing as saying to, to turn down medical care for the rest of your life. Right. Like, I don't think that my quality of life would be high enough to be worth it. I think I would just be so miserable. Like who cares if I'm rich? So it's not worth it for me. And therefore it is a pass. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. I, I was thinking about this earlier today and I kind of was putting together lists of like what I would do to take care of myself if I couldn't get counseling and I'll, I'm comfortable. I don't know about you guys, but like, it's probably fair to say like, it's the most important thing to me in terms of personal growth. So it's a huge loss. 
to not have therapy or counseling. But this is emotional support in general, right? So like not even being able to get it from your friends or partners or family. No, just emotional counseling. So from a professional, like a mental health professional. Oh, I thought I couldn't get emotional support from anybody. I don't know. So like what I was thinking about is, all right, there's a lot of other ways. I'd probably ramp up on exercise, do more volunteer work, do more journaling, do more meditation, listen to more uplifting music, do more art, yoga, dance. Like there's so many things you could do, plus joining community centers or going to libraries and just finding community to help you. It's not the same as working out your own demons and working out how you filter your perception of reality with a professional. But wait, a loophole, because 12-step programs are not professional programs. We're not saying professional, I guess. We're saying emotional counseling. But I can like talk to I can like talk to my friends and my partners about my feelings and I can still write about them. I think that's fair. I, let's say, uh, can we all agree that counseling is just, let's say you're receiving treatment of some sort by a professional. All right, I'll take, I'll do 5 million. I've been in therapy for so many years. I have done a lot of therapy. Um, and so I think at this point, while I know that in this current reality of my life, I will be in and out of therapy probably until I die. I do think that I have the tools now to move forward without professional counseling if it meant I got $5 million. I think it's fair because there's a lot of other interesting things you could do that are cathartic. You could do some really, with that money, you can do some interesting travel and charitable work. And also I interview therapists constantly for my work, right? And so that wouldn't count, me just interviewing them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's not counseling. And I'm in school for psychology. So I'm learning about a lot of this stuff through other ways. But because I love money, I'm going to raise it to $10 million. To me, the number is $300 million clean, very easy. It's interesting. It's worth a lot to me to get treatment and help. But at a different stage in my life, at a different stage of my life, it would be higher because I was more in, in need of it. And now I feel, yeah. I'm thinking that like, because life life's in an okay place for me, that I know what it's like when it's not. And so I want to have money that is able to help me do other things that are meaningful if things go bad. Totally. I feel like this is destroying my brand that I'm saying that I would take money to never go to therapy again. <laughs> and I want to be very clear that I'm incredibly pro-therapy. I think it is a wonderful resource. I just think for me at this stage in my life, I think there's a world where I could continue to be happy and fulfilled and, and handle my problems without professional therapy due to all of the therapy I've already had. I like that. I... As far as the like time in your life, I'm not in one where giving up therapy would be a very good idea for me because I'm like, what if I start losing relationships or job or, you know, like things when your mental health declines, everything declines. So you're telling me that there's not an amount of money where you're getting a farm full of puppies and goats where everything's okay? Oh, no, that would help. But also I'm like, if if I do become some sort of like insane person, I want to know that I'll at least have a place to live and a nice place and, uh, you know, can have lots of dogs around as that form of therapy, maybe some equine therapy, you know, that I'll do on my own. So that's definitely horses are included in this number now. Stables, trainers, probably more than three horses. I'm guessing around four. So if you're not feeling stable, you got to buy a stable. A hundred percent. My goodness. <laughs> Unstable in the stables. And that will be my autobiography. Wait, that's great. Can you write that anyway? 
Yes, yes, I can. That that sounds that that sounds like a like a uh, like a dirty novel, unstable in the stables. It could be. Maybe there'll be a good chapter on that. So anyway, so it's going to basically cost a lot for me. I'm going to have to like for the house and the horses and all the dogs and all of that um, forever. I'm going to have to go with it's got to be a really nice house. I'm going to say a hundred million dollars. I get that. I have a clarifying question. Am I allowed to still get my antidepressants? Yes, because that's not counseling. Yeah. But what about Am I so this is like some scenario where my psychiatrist, I don't have to do check ins with her and she just continues to prescribe me my medication. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that okay. makes sense. I wouldn't give up my meds for that would go back to there not being any number worth it. But I if as long as I can keep my meds, <laughs> I also don't have a price for giving up medication. No way. <laughs> no way. Or you go to like some foreign country like Uruguay or something where it's just all over the counter. <laughs> and you just don't have to worry about getting it or you just get your general practitioner to just agree to all these terms in advance so that they're just going to keep your prescription full. Although I will say medication does change with time. Sometimes you need to adjust things. Sometimes you need to try a new thing. So that gets a little tricky. I don't think that tr- counts as emotional counseling, though. To me, that's more of just like brain chemistry regulation through talking to someone and making sure that they help you figure out what medication to stay on. My psychiatrist does emotional counseling with me. Mine does too, but I'm trying to help. Yeah. (laughs) My psychiatrist has actually said some of the most helpful things for me. Wow. Of any of the, of the, um, therapy I've ever gotten. I need a psychiatrist. I never had one before. I'm just out here raw dog in life. Oh, I can refer you. She's great. I'll take it. (laughs) Wow. We at Human Values are uh, don't advocate raw dogging life. We believe that <laughs> your mental health is top priority and you should do everything you can to not have someone pay you to be unhealthy and unhappy. Wow. I feel really like I feel like this is going to get me canceled. So I'm going to change my number to $50 million because I really value therapy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see how our audience values this. <laughs> oh, gosh. I don't even... Are, <laughs> Someone's having a fun time this week. The high was $100 trillion. Whoa. So someone's just a real grumpopotamus in our in our audience this week. Or ha- really values their own worth. Ooh, glass half full Lindsay today. Mm-hmm. Well. Yeah. I skipped lunch, so that might explain why I'm just a little. Oh, no. <laughs> so the low was $0, but that was 11% of our audience. One of the quotes was already... I already don't get counseling, so I don't need any money for this one. What? Everyone should get counseling. I'm concerned. Everyone should get counseling, and also everyone should recognize an opportunity to make money. Hello? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I I, I think we can all agree there's nothing more important than taking care of your own mental health and trying to grow that way. If you don't, you just miss out on so many benefits in life. Agreed. Agreed. 18% of our audience said they want $100 million or more. And the person who put $5 million here said, I've struggled with depression, anxiety, and executive dysfunction. Don't want to go into specifics, but it sucks ass. Yes. That's true. It does suck ass. Yeah. It's good to get yourself taken care of. Yeah. Just to round it out, of all the three things, if you had to pick one, would you do the only use Comic Sans? Would you never leave a Dollar Tree for a year? Or would you not receive any form of emotional counseling? Like, which one would you pick to actually do? Comic Sans. Yeah, agreed. 
wow, even from Aaron, who freaking hates Comic Sans. Wow, I mean, I'm shocked. But here's, I'm blown away. Really? My dilemma is I, I gave a lot of money. I asked for a lot more money from the last two. I mean, I think I might have to say the Dollar Tree only because I'm going to get $1.2 billion for doing it. And you could get teletherapy while you're there. Hello. I could get therapy all day, every day. Because <laughs> I'll be able to afford it. <laughs> okay, Allison, you might not know this. We like to give awards at the end of the episode. <gasps> I love awards. I hope I win one. The first award is the Cheap Charlie Award. And that goes to Aaron at $303 million, which is, the. I mean, that's a lot of money. I don't need much to be happy this week. <laughs> but then, just this $300 week. million. Dollars. Just $300 million. Okay. Allison, the second award is the Big Spender Award. Now, usually it doesn't come this close, but I'm going to say, obviously, it's between the two of you here. Lindsay wins as Big Spender this week at $1.3 billion. Allison, you came in a close second, though, at just a hair over a billion. So the two of you are really in the billy club. I never win anything. (laughs) I mean, you won second place, Big Spender. All right. (laughs) You also just won our hearts. (laughs) Yeah, this was really fun. Uh, I had a great time. I I, once again, I I love therapy. We were talking about before we started recording is we're we're all just such big mental health advocates in our lives. So we don't think anyone should ever be paid not to take care of themselves. I just also so many people don't have access to therapy. And, you know, there's other resources and ways to take care of yourself, even though therapy is obviously the best one. But a lot of people don't have access to it, unfortunately. And there's a lot of like cultural, I mean, obviously not in Los Angeles, but in other places, like my family is from Texas and I don't know anyone that goes to therapy or really puts much energy into their own like mental health or mental health care. So I think that like there is some geography to it and some cultural stuff that goes along with it. There's shame tied to it. A little bit. Yeah. Or like, like when I started going to therapy, my mom was like, well, you don't need that. You're not crazy. And I was like, I I am a little bit. And maybe we all are a little. <laughs> so like there's there's just stigma around it and that is so sad to me because it's been one of the most beneficial things in my life thus far. And Allison, you've just been such a loud champion of it. Your new book really ties into a lot of what we're talking about. Oh, I thought you meant throughout this episode where I kept shouting, I love therapy. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, I mean, mental health is a huge part of my life. Um, I, I think the thing I'm most proud of is, you know, my mental health advocacy and um, a lot of what I try to do is actually sort of take expert advice and expert clinical information and sort of make it palatable for just like a general audience so that there are these resources where if you don't have access to therapy, you can still hopefully get some help and some insight and some perspective. Yeah, it's important. Anything else you're up to that you want to talk about or anything else people should know if they want to learn more about you and dive in more into your world if they're not familiar yet? I just really love to to push that book, you know, overthinking about you. Um, I think it it's, seems to, to really resonate with people who have those various disorders, but also people who aren't diagnosed seem to be getting a lot from it as well, which is so wonderful to hear. And then I have a weekly podcast called Just Between Us. Um, if you want to hear more of, of my voice and also we play games on that show as well. 
And then um, I'm at Allison Raskin on Instagram and Twitter, but I also have a mental health focused Instagram account and Substack, both called Emotional Support Lady, if you're looking for all things mental health. That's so awesome. That's the best. <laughs> yeah, uh, speaking of mental health, thanks for coming and hanging out with us and giving us such a positive energy and making us very happy. Yeah, it means a lot that you came and hang out with us. And I'm so happy you came. Oh, thank you. You guys made me feel so welcome. I had a great time. Aw. Well, in the spirit of making you feel welcome, bye. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Wow, we are wheeling and dealing the feeling, huh? Oh, man. I feel inspired and delighted as well. I feel very, like... Very like a mental bath, not a mental shower, but a mental bath, which maybe during a water crisis in California isn't the way to bathe. I know that we're always talking about value like worth, but I really don't know that I've ever walked away from an episode feeling a renewed sense of self-worth and personal value. And I think Allison really brought that out in me personally. And I'm not joking. (laughs) You know what else just feels so warm and fuzzy, Lindsay, is making this gosh forsaken show with you. Oh man, just the joy of my world. It is. And you know what we love even more than that kind of joy? How much all of you out there love playing along. So if you want to join the fun, run fast, run now to your nearest browser and let us know your worth. We're always putting up new polls over at humanvaluespodcast.com. You can also sign up for our newsletter for reminders and updates. While you're at it, the usual PSA, you can always find transcripts for today's episode and all past episodes on the Human Values website. Again, that's humanvaluespodcast.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, or if you just love the show, spread the word. We appreciate it so much. And if you talk about us on Instagram and tag at humanvaluespod, maybe we'll choose you for a shout out. Speaking of which, today we want to thank Plump 2022. They said, great podcast. This was a delight to listen to. Lots of fun. And the co-hosts are really great. Definitely recommend, they said. Oh, my God. Thanks, Plump. Thanks, Plump 2022. I'm just, I'm so flattered. Well, Plump's not the only listener. There's a lot of you out there. We really appreciate you. We're your hosts, Lindsay Hicks and Aaron Rubin Corny. Special thanks again to our guest this week, Allison Raskin. Our lead producer is Rob Goldman. Our producers are Shanti Brooke and Aaron Rubin Corny. And our music is by Omer Benzvi. All information, research, and advice shared on today's episode were expressed for entertainment purposes only. Statements provided by the Human Values hosts, production team, and guests should not be taken as professional advice or fact. In short, when in doubt, please don't listen to us. Human Values is a human content production. Human content production.